Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I, I give you the praise, the credit, the glory, and the honor for everything that has been accomplished in these 38 and one-half years at Faith Christian Center. I thank you, Father God, for the privilege. It's not just the privilege of a lifetime. It's the privilege of an eternity to stand with you and your word. I never would have thought when I was a young man that famous people would say, well, this book of the Bible doesn't apply and that part of the Bible doesn't apply. And, and now they're even saying, Father God, that what Jesus said before the death, burial, and resurrection doesn't apply to us. It is amazing. But the Apostle Paul told us about these days. He said the time would come when people would have itching ears and they would gather unto themselves teachers who would tell them what they wanted to hear. Father God, I see from your word that you and your word are one, just as I and my word are one. If my word is no good, I'm no good. And Father God, I see that if your word is no good, you're no good. But in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So I want you to know, Father God, not only am I in complete agreement with every verse in your Bible, but I love every word. You have exalted above all things your name and your word. And as Jesus said before the death, burial, and resurrection, not one dotting of an I, not one crossing of a T shall ever pass away. I thank you, Father God, for the privilege of standing tall at the end. I thank you, Father God, for the privilege of being counted with those holy men of old who stood and did not waver. I read just yesterday, Father God, that your eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth for those who believe you and those whose hands you might strengthen. I thank you, Father God, you have sent us people that are in it willing to endure sound doctrine. Not only that, but on Wednesday nights in April and May and June, we have set brand new attendance records. This church on Wednesday nights is bigger than it's ever been. So Father God, help us make up the difference on Sundays, the stragglers. And then Father God, when we get back to our pre-COVID numbers on Sundays, let us go on and double those numbers. I thank you, Father God. It's a privilege and it's an honor to believe you. Every 24 hours, the words of Jesus before the death, burial, and resurrection are on my mind. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. Well, Father God, we covenant with you to give you all the credit, the glory, and the honor. And we thank you, Father God. We see that as we stand with you and as we stand with your word, we get stronger, we get healthier, we get richer. We're just blessed in every way, Father God, and we thank you for it. We look to you. We're not looking to the king of Aram or the king of Assyria or Pharaoh of Egypt, and we're not looking to Burks or Fauci. We're not looking to Obama or Trump or Biden. We look to you. Our eyes are upon 
you. And we thank you, Father God, that you protect us and you bless us and you prosper us. And we thank you, Father God, that you are strengthening us to stand tall and to stand strong even in this last hour. And we cry out to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, let there be a great revival before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ that millions might be ushered into the ranks of the believers to make up for those going apostate and giving up the faith. Thank you, Father God. Your word is true. Your word is good, just as you are true and just as you are good. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for the privilege and the honor of calling you by name and by coming before you according to your word. We thank you that you hear us. And we thank you, Father God, that we have already received that which we have asked for. We praise your holy name. We magnify you. We love you. We love your word. We love your house. We love the place where your glory dwells. And I thank you. What a privilege, what a ride it has been to preach your word and to stand tall. We're not going to knuckle under at the end. We're going to stand to the end. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to lift up the word of God. It's the only light we have. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' holy name. And everyone said amen. amen. I notice as I stand with the word, I get stronger. I notice as I stand with the word, I don't get sick. I notice as I stand with the word, it doesn't matter what stuff costs. Because the money's flowing. Hallelujah. The world may be getting nuttier, but we are getting saner. Hallelujah. Because all of this just forces us, actually coaches us, encourages us to look to the Lord. Amen. And to ignore a lot of the nonsense. Well, let's pick up tonight back in Colossians 2.15. We were saying last Wednesday that we don't need Jesus or the Father or the Holy Spirit to do one more thing. It's all done. It's all finished. It's just a matter of us learning these faith facts from the Pauline Revelation and walking in what already belongs to us. So our struggling to get more faith has been the result of ignorance of what has already belonged to us. I think this is a great strength that the Lord has led me into. It took decades. You don't realize how blessed and how privileged you are to hear it. All you got to do is hear it, believe it, confess it, repeat it, and take action on it. But we edged our way into the water. We edged our way into this over the years to take advantage I guess is not inappropriate to say, to take advantage of what was ours, to walk in it. Amen. Amen. And then what I saw, even as I prayed, the bolder I got in walking in it, the more effective it became in my life. All God really is looking for, listen carefully, all God is really looking for is people who will believe him and people who will love him. That's what he's looking for. And when we don't believe him, we're thumbing our nose at him. And you can't love God and not love his word. 
These ministers, I'm convinced they're not praying. They're not reading their Bibles. They're not reading through the Bible every year. I'm convinced of it. You just cannot go off track like this if you're praying every day and you're in your Bible every day. Now, they're listening to some preacher somewhere. I don't know. Maybe they're listening to some rapper. I don't know. But it's not the word. Amen. Amen. Now that we know, we must simply take our place and, and exercise our rights. Someone might say, what about our struggle with the adversary? That's where we left off last time. Well, yes, there's a war with Satan, the enemy of our souls, but we have to walk through life understanding that he is a defeated foe. We're new covenant people. We're not old covenant people. You understand, I don't think you do, how blessed, how privileged you are because there was not one day of Abraham's life there was not one day of David's life. There was not one day of Elijah's life. There was not one day of Elisha's life that they lived with a recreated human spirit as new creations in Christ. They did Moses. Think about the exploits. And he was a dead man spiritually. But I'll tell you what all of those individuals had in common. They believed God, and they loved God. Amen. That's how they did those exploits, even as spiritually dead men. But we have failed to see this. Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed. What tense is that? Past tense. See, the work's done. Tell your neighbor, the work's done. The work's done. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the work's done. the work's done. I left off last time using the illustration. How did Satan get Adam and Eve out of that garden? Deceit. That's his gift. And that's why in our modern uh, society, it's one lie based upon another lie. And it's amazing. One of our young men, he's actually, a, you know, I don't mean to use this term in a derogatory fashion, but he's actually one of our millennials. And he said, Pastor Gene, it's just amazing. He said, you go to work on Monday. And he said, it's like everybody got a download. It's like some kind of dystopian futuristic movie. It's like, because they all believe the brand new thing instantly and in sync, like they got a download, you know, like they're robots, you know, I guess because nobody knows what anybody is, they, they could all be Stepford wives. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, they just got a, they got a software download overnight and they just believe the craziest, nuttiest thing on, on, on the next day going to work. And if you don't, agree with every brand new lie, well then, they come at you like pack wolves. They come at you like a gang of coyote or hyena. Well, it just seems to me obvious that when Paul wrote to his protege in the ministry, Timothy in 2 Timothy, he knew exactly what he was talking about, that there would be terrible times in the last days and uh, that men would have itching ears and they would seek out teachers to tell them what they wanted to hear, whatever crazy nutty thing that is. But the Bible says, Paul said in Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. The other day I was, you know, I guess you'd say I was crying out to the Lord how long are you going to allow this to go on? 
How long are you going to allow your people to be baptized in filth? And, and the Lord spoke to me a brutal reality. And he said, son, there's no son or daughter of mine baptized in moral filth unless they have chosen to do so. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, we do have this thing called a remote. And we can turn it off. We can change the channel. We can delete the app. Amen. Amen. In other words, if, if we're tired of all of that, well, we can change the channel. Amen. Disarmed. The powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. One translation says he put to naught every work of Satan. And not only that, but we've been translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his own dear son, the kingdom of the son he loves. Colossians 1.13 and 14, for he has rescued us. King James Version says he has <coughs> delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So it's already been done. Tell your neighbor again, the work's done. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the work is finished. So we're not any less in the kingdom of God right now than we will be the day after the rapture. But we have failed to see this. And so he rules too many of God's people through deceit. You know, there's a scene in one of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies where, uh, I don't remember exactly who it was with Gandalf, but they go to this castle and it's all this evil stuff going on and this guy's been held captive. And, uh, you know, Gandalf says it's not real, waves his hand and it disappears. I think a lot of times that's what symptoms are. Is it real? Is it real until we acknowledge it is it real until we confess it you understand when you confess something you agreed with it amen. amen he holds us captive by lying to us but if you will not be lied to you cannot be held captive uh, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Past tense, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The language Paul used, I have been crucified with Christ, signifies our identification with Christ. So we died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We suffered with Christ. We were made alive with Christ and now we are seated with Christ. See, it's all about victory. It's all about victory. But if you notice two things, two things in common on, on all these apostasies going on <clears throat> in 2022, two things about them all that they have in common. One, they all have to do with defeat. And the other thing is they all identify books or parts of the Bible that they say don't apply to us. This is a common trait of heresies. Well, that, you know, James doesn't apply to us. First John doesn't apply to us. Uh, the words Jesus said before the death, burial, and resurrection don't apply. These are heresies. Now, we're smart people, and we understand that the New Testament supersedes the Old. But we go to the book of Hebrews, and we find out that the stories of the Old Testament were written to us as examples. 
So for example, I'm back in 2 Chronicles now. And so I noticed that every time, I mean, even, even it was Josiah that had a good start. And the first time the land was invaded, he looked to the Lord. And they, the Lord, they didn't even have to kill anybody. The Lord killed the enemies. That's, what I, that's my kind of battle. Amen. Amen. I mean, if the alarm goes off in the middle of the night, it'd be great to have the kind of faith where you could just say, Lord, kill him and go back to sleep. <laughs> then you don't have to bother with it. Amen. Amen. Well, that's, that's what happened at the beginning of Josiah's reign. But later, 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 they were invaded again and he reached out to some neighboring king for help. And the Lord sent him a prophet. And said, because you, did, you had a good beginning, but because you called out to a, a neighboring king for help, you're going to suffer loss. And uh, Josiah put the prophet in prison. Elijah wrote a letter to one of those kings and said, because uh, of the way you have behaved, you're going to, you're going to have a disease of the bowels and your bowels are going to come out. I never heard of that, but I think that'd be a little bit painful. And so that king, I mean, that's how he died. His, his bowels got ejected out of his body. Best thing to do is look to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And count his word as true. Amen. And walk in victory. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so, you know, that old saying, what would Jesus do? How would he act? So we died with Christ, Romans 6.8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We were buried with Christ. Romans 6.4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life, a new life, a new life. Not the same old life, a new life. We were raised with Christ. Colossians 1.3, since then you have been raised with Christ. What tense is that? Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and we were seated with Christ. See, that's that place of authority, dominion, and power. We're seated right now in Christ Jesus. We walk too much by sight. And let me tell you what. I say this in kindness. I do. But I just don't see how Christians are going to walk by sight from here going forward. I just don't see it. When it takes $151 to fill up an F-150, when 70% of the COVID dead in Canada have had three shots. How can we make it walking by the words of man? How can we make it walking by sight? We are going to have to learn how to walk by the word of God and walk by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that if Jesus was alive tonight, he wouldn't be worried about what stuff cost? 
Now let me ask you, in all these verses, where does it talk about Satan's dominion over the new creation? It does not. Where does it talk about the new creation wrestling with and struggling with the devil? It does not. We have failed to see this. You know, I read an article, well, I'm reading all the time, but I read an article this week, horror stories of uh, divorces and all kinds of stuff that have happened because of what has happened to our country the last two years. You know, wives throwing their husbands out of the house because they wouldn't get the shot. It's amazing. So if you're here tonight and you're single, man, you better pay attention. And the pool is getting smaller all the time. You know, when, when Sue and I were in high school, the, the only thought was, well, is so-and-so a Christian? Well, forget that noise. Because we got pro-abortion Christians and pro-gay Christians and pro-trans Christians and, you know, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Fertility rates worldwide, fertility rates worldwide are down 22% since they rolled out these shots. You want to have children? You better get equally yoked. You want to have grandchildren? You better make sure everybody's equally yoked. I mean, I'm telling you, this, this is it. This is a war on God because they're attacking fatherhood, they're attacking motherhood, they're attacking the family, they're attacking fertility. Now we find out that for 30 years when somebody in the Philippines or Africa got a tetanus shot, there was drugs mixed in that to hinder their fertility because somebody somewhere decided there were too many of those people. This is man. Man is wicked. Man is evil. I mean, I'm telling you, you got to pay attention. You got to watch your six. You got to be careful about when you go get gas and when, you, when you're out because man is wicked. And these woke district attorneys aren't locking these people up. So there's more of them out there than ever. Tell your neighbor, you got to pay attention. And don't get weird, but I'm telling you, if, if you know, you, you feel like you just have to run an errand and your husband says, I don't think you ought to be out this late, maybe you ought to pay attention to him. Amen. Or if a voice inside here says, why don't you do that tomorrow? Maybe pay attention to that. Amen. Amen. See, Satan was defeated before Jesus even rose from the dead. He took, he took the keys of death and hell from him. We were crucified with Christ. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We suffered with Christ. We were justified with Christ. We were made alive with Christ. We, were, we conquered the adversary, Satan, with Christ. And then we were raised together with him, with Christ. And now we're seated together with him at the right hand of God in the heavenly realms. No suffering in that. No defeat in that. No lack in that. No sickness in that. Now, I'm going to say a hard thing, and if it bothers you, well, that's your problem. But it is the will of God that his sons and daughters live every day of their life without sickness. Amen. That is the will of God. 
Now, I'm not talking about childhood sicknesses. The Lord told me years ago, don't complain about that. When grandchildren came along, he told me that's, how, that's the way I designed the system for them to build their immunities. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about diseases. It is not the will of God that any child, son or daughter of God, have any kind of debilitating disease or life-threatening disease. Or It is the will of God that we walk in health. And anytime we don't walk in health, that's Satan's work. That's not the work of God. For the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have that life more abundantly. So what I'm saying is, you got to get your mind right and, and you just have to gird up your loins and go to war. And you got to have the attitude, we're not, I'm not having this. I'm not having it. Amen. And speak to it. Don't talk about it. Speak to it. Amen. Amen. All this shows our union with Christ, our oneness with Christ, and it shows what our combat with the that it shows what our combat with the adversary was when we conquered Satan in Christ Jesus before he ever arose from the dead. Everything that Jesus did has been accredited to us. It's ours. We have to see it though. We've got to repeat it. We got to confess it. We got to take action on it. We got to walk in it to make it ours. The entire substitutionary work of Christ was for us. He didn't do any of that for him. You understand, he didn't go to the whipping post for him. You understand that? He, didn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't beaten by wicked, evil men for him. He didn't die on that cross for him. He didn't go to hell for him. You understand that? Everything he did, he did for us. He didn't conquer Satan for himself. He didn't need to conquer Satan for himself. I mean, you know, my God. Satan was, was and is nothing to God. Satan was and is nothing to Jesus. He didn't put sin away for himself. He didn't suffer the judgment that would have fallen upon the sinner for himself. He didn't do that for himself. But he suffered all of that on our behalf and for our benefit. And I would say without apology that it is insulting to God when Christians celebrate defeat, lack, sickness, and the curse. We're trampling under the blood of Christ. It's amazing to me. I mean, people glory in their sicknesses. They glory in their challenges. No, we're to walk in victory. We're to walk in through life with our needs met. Now, I'm not saying we all start off at the PhD level in faith and finance, but we have to start. We got to head out. And the will of God is that we make forward progress. The will of God is that we live a blessed life. And these blessings shall come upon thee, and these blessings shall overtake thee. So we live the kind of a lifestyle where it's not a curse after a curse and a disease after disease and a defeat after defeat coming upon us, but it's a victory. It's, it's what Paul wrote, thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no defeat in it. I'm not saying we've never been defeated. Sue and I have been defeated, but we didn't like it. 
And we kept studying and we kept praying until we found the answer to get through and past and overcome the defeat. We didn't embrace the defeat. Do you understand? And I've come to a place, I'll tell you what, when I was walking out of that closet in my office in October of 2017 and he drew my attention to the left and I saw Oral Roberts' book on the shelf, The Miracle of Seed Faith, and he said, why don't you take that with you on, on vacation? We were gone for 10 days and I, I must have read it twice. Sue must have read it twice. Every time I didn't have it in my hand, she had it. I didn't realize that that was preparation for COVID mania because step number one is to look to God as your source. Not man. Fauci testified this week that these vaccines do very little to prevent infection. Burks testified this week we hoped the vaccines would work. When the H-E-L-L, have you ever heard any scientist or MD say, we hope the polio vaccines work? They gamble with the lives of 7 billion people. And yet we have preachers backing up off the word of God. I say without apology, not one crossing of the T and not one dotting of the I shall ever pass away. And there's not one verse in it that's not true or is a lie. Amen. And when we stand with God, he stands with us. And I say stand without apology. If somebody didn't like it, well, they can shove off. Amen. Yeah, but they, my relatives won't let me come without this or that. Great. You know what that means? One less trip. You know what that means? One more evening in my house rather than somebody else's house. You know what that means? One more meal prepared by my loving wife instead of somebody that can't, doesn't know how to cook. Well, you're not welcome here if you don't have, you know, uh, the Fauci voodoo juice. Great. Well, you can't come to our country unless you have the Burke's voodoo juice. Wonderful. You can't come to our state. Suits me fine. Amen. Are you hearing me? No. We're going to stand with the word of God. We're going to believe God. We're going to have the word of God coming out of our mouth. Are you hearing me? We're going to walk in health. We're going to walk in victory. We're, going to, we're not going to be worried about the price of gasoline. Amen. The Lord our God is opening the windows of heaven. The Lord our God is pouring out so much upon us. We're not even able to contain it. Are you hearing me? It, there's coming a day at Faith Christian Center. It'll be an unusual thing for someone to even be sick in any way. Amen. Because as we focus... That's what we have lacked, focus. I'm telling you what, you know, it's a very rare thing for the alarm to go off at my house, but I'll tell you what, I hate it, but I'll tell you what, I focus. Amen. 
Last time that happened, man, I jumped up. I put on, you know, some glasses I keep there at the nightstand. I grabbed me a 45, two extra mags, and I turn on the, the light and the laser, and I'm creeping down the hallway. I'm ready. <laughs> and I hear this little voice, it's only me. But see, I'm focused. Then it's hard to go back to sleep because you woke up. And that's what, that's what the last two years are. It's a wake-up call that you cannot trust man. You cannot go by what man says. Man does not have your best interest at heart. You got to go by what God has said. And you've got to go by how the Holy Spirit of God is leading you and guiding you day by day. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, every demon out there knows that you, the recreated one, are their masters. You're their, you are their master. But see, if they can lie to you, or if you're in a place where nobody teaches you the Word of God, if you don't know, well, then they can push you around, lie to you. They rule us by subterfuge, by bluff, and by deception. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. This is how demons rule. This is how demons, this is how demons take over your teenagers. Deception. Deception. See, God wants family. It's all about family. But if we follow the, if young people follow these deceptions of Satan, they can actually get themselves in a situation where it'd be very difficult for them to ever have a family. We had a flight attendant that attended the church up at I-30 for many years. Finally, she was going to retire. She went back home to California. But she kept bringing this young man to church. And then later, this woman would come with this young man and two or three times. And then we didn't see them, the young, young couple. Two or three years go by. And then she says to me, Pastor, will you go pray for so-and-so? And, -so? and I, I recollected the name. I said, sure. What's up? Well, he's dying with AIDS. And so I went to the hospital. And he wept. And he told me, he said, when that era, when he was in college, everybody was doing sexual experimentation. And he said it was the thing, it was the rage. But he said, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. And now he's laying in that hospital dying. We go over to the graveside. See, this is the world I live in, not make-believe. Then we go over to the graveyard. We're standing there. You know, we, we did everything. We did the service. We did the graveside. The box has been lowered. We're standing there with this widow. She could have been a model. Not 30. And she says to Sue and me, what do I do now? She says, I've got the bug. And who's going to want me? And what am I going to do? See, that's, that's why you got to keep your mouth off of God's actual servants because we stand between the living and the dead. Amen. 
That's the world I live in. But the world, TikTok, Instagram, they get these kids believing, you know, they can do this and they can do that and, and, and they can experiment. And I mean, how in the world does Bill Maher have more sense than a lot of preachers? He says when he was nine years old, he wanted to be a pirate. Thank God nobody took him to a surgeon to have an eye poked out and a leg cut off. <laughs> How can they ever live a normal life? Have a family. I'm telling you, I've done a lot of cool stuff in my life. Sue will tell you, I mean, man, I mean, we, we have seen the earth. We stayed in a fabulous suite in the Four Seasons in Paris. We've flown the Concorde. I mean, we have lived a fabulous life. But nothing, nothing, nothing on God's green earth compares to family. Amen. But through deception, Satan wrecks people. And he wrecks their chances in life. And he does it through lies. I'll tell you how else he does it. He does it through neglect. You know, in my calendar, I, I write it down and then I move it three months and so I'm always reminded about it. But people make two basic mistakes. I've been preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ 49 years in one month. You want to know the two biggest mistakes people make? Here they are. Number one, the, the biggest mistake people make is they take things for granted and whatever they take for granted ends up biting them later. You got these cute little kids at home, you know, you take them for granted. I don't care how cute they are. They got the seed of Adam in them. And if you neglect them, they will bring you shame. Amen. And then the second mistake people make, the biggest mistake in my observation, 49 years, one month preaching the gospel, they choose their associations and their connections in life poorly. You want to pull ahead? <laughs> you got to filter your fellowship. Amen. Sitting here tonight, your income is the average of your five or six best friends. So if you if you want to do better in life, <laughs> you gotta you gotta you know in, instead of updating your software, what you'd be better off doing is up, updating your friends. Yeah, but that's my friend. <laughs> Fellowship. How does Satan lie to you? Does he knock on the door in the middle of the night and he's got uh, horns and he's got a tail? He looks like something, Bella Lagosa out of one of those old uh, vampire movies. Is that how he comes? No. No. How does Satan lie to you? Through friends and preachers. That's how he lies. It's like fishing. Here's a shiny object. And then 
What happens to the fish? They're hooked. You better wake up. You know how they, ca- you know how they catch women? And uh, I mean, what a beautiful city, uh, Vienna. I'm not ever going back. What a bunch of snooty people. But you know how they snag gals? You, you know how they populate? There are over 5,000 brothels in the city of London. You know how they populate them? Not just in the old Eastern Europe, but even in cities like Vienna, they offer girls free drugs. You get a girl drugged, she's in the back of a van. Then what's she going to do? And now they're allowing this in the United States of America. I mean, can you, and I'm not talking about the cartels on the border. I'm talking about they're snatching girls out of parking lots in the United States of America, and these district attorneys are not prosecuting this stuff. But we've got preachers saying that drinking is okay. It's amazing. No good ever came out of drinking. Amen. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, you know, in my life sometimes, you know, I'll tell Sue, man, I need a drink. You know, after, you know, I'll, if, I, if I read the news, just, you know, read the but, you know, you don't do that. You don't do that. You find other ways to cope, Pray. That's a great way to cope. Hallelujah. Pray. We live in treacherous days, and these are dangerous days. They're dangerous days physically. They're dangerous days morally. They're dangerous days spiritually. In every way you want to measure days. These are dangerous days. And we have to wake up, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. How does he do that? Does he, does he come to your bedroom in the middle of the night and hit you over the head with a baseball bat, throw you in a potato sack, and haul you off to hell? No. If he had the ability to do that, he would have already done it. How does he operate? He operates through deception. How do we know what is a deception? Everything that is contrary to what is in the written word of God. There's a church down the road. We saw today. They're having movie night. How stupid. You can have movie night any day in your house. You know, in other words, movie night. Every day in your house, you can have movie night. You ought to go to church to have what you can't have at home. Amen in the privacy of your living room. Are you hearing me? See, in other words, acting like the world, talking like the world, being like the world, trying to be friends with the world. But Moses said, come out from among them and be separate. What do you think the rapture is? What do you think is going on right now? What do you think all this apostasy is going on? What do you think is going on right now? Listen, when we started out 20 years old, $400 Sue's grandpa gave us. The the whole world was ahead of us. A lifetime. But it seems like three months ago. And now I see clearly what I did not see as a young man. 
This time on this planet is a test to see whether you have a heart that loves God and to see whether or not you are fit to spend eternity in heaven, in Zion, in the city of God. Because this, these crazy people, this filth, these liars, God doesn't want them anywhere near him. And man, see, God never had a beginning and, and God will never have an end. And you and I will never have an end, but you and I had a beginning. Man is an eternal being. And so when a, when a, when a man, a human being, is a spiritual criminal, that means he's got to be locked up in an eternal prison. Amen. It's all a test. Now see, when, when we were 20 started out, Oh, man, we had this whole lifetime ahead of us, and we didn't see clearly, but I see clearly now it's a test. What are you going to do with your money? What are you going to do with your wife? What are you going to do with your husband? What are you going to do with your children? Who are you going to love? Who are you going to honor? It's a test. It's a test. What are you going to prioritize? It's a test. And, you know, this they call this the me generation, Forget that, the me generation, that was like the 60s. This is something completely off the rails, birthed out of the me generation. Amen. I mean, parents are doing experiments, medical experiments on their children to be cool so that they can go to the tea party at the country club and brag to their friends at the country club that, uh, you know, their kid just uh, changed from this to that. That's where all this is coming from. college-educated, white suburban women. That's where it's all coming from. Because they want to be cool. It's like having a new Gucci bag. But it's not, a, it's not a thing, it's not a bag, it's a human being. It's a human being with an eternal soul. And you mess them up, they're not going to be, it's not like damaging your Gucci bag. Oops, you know, I need another one. No, you damage a child you could wreck their chances for a million years. They'll never, they'll never, a lot of them will never recover. We're having trouble with the architects. They, they, they just don't understand us. Why, why, why are we holding church in a gym? Well, because the children come first. Why, Pastor, why don't you have a real office? Why are you meeting in a classroom? Well, because we always need classrooms, and I figure I'll be here temporarily, and then I'll move somewhere else, and then this will be a classroom. They don't understand that. At, at Faith Christian Center, children come first. Children have always come first. We put the children first. We protect the children. Amen. We educate the children. Children come first. But in our society, children come last. At, they, remember a year and a half ago, uh, Fauci was actually arguing, Burks was actually arguing that you need to get your kid back so that you can protect you as the old person. Well, of course he would say that. He's 80 plus years old. He's like three steps away from hell. <laughs> Never in the history of the world have they wanted to sacrifice children for the sake of old folks. You don't sacrifice children for the sake of old folks. If somebody's going to get sacrificed, you sacrifice the old folks for the sake of the children. Amen. 
It's about the children. It's about the children. I said it's about the children. And they, they deserve to live their life as children and not be messed with. And not be confronted with a bunch of weird sexual stuff that they can deal with later on when they're adults. These are all lies. See, this is why I went off track tonight, talking about lies. This is how Satan, this is how Satan destroys homes. This is how he destroys marriages. You know, we got women at Faith Christian Center, and, and they want their man to go out there and make money, and then they, then they complain that he didn't get home in time to bathe the children. These are feminists at Faith Christian Center. If that guy goes out there and makes money and comes home, you ought to thank God and him that he came home after he made the money. Amen. And bathe those kids yourself. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Stay home all day, got nothing to do. Can't you work in a bath or two in the course of 12 hours? Oh no, you didn't get home in time. Bathe these kids. They're feminists. They've been lied to by the world and they bought it. He's doing his job. How about you doing your job? This is going to be one of the all-time most popular messages in this church. Now, now if he's some lazy, you know what, staying home all day, well, sure, kick him in the butt and make him bathe those kids. But if he's out there working... Don't be telling him he didn't come home in time to bathe the kids. What's wrong with you? Amen. He's working his job. How about you doing something? Amen. Yeah, but I was watching Oprah. <laughs> it's about the children. It's about the future. Amen. How you treat your husband, how you treat your wife, how you treat your children, how you handle money. Do you love God? Do you love his word? Do you love his house? This is just a test. And people are failing it left and right. Preachers lying about the word of God to get butts in the seat. They actually talk about at, at church growth seminars, butts in the seat. Think about how crazy and insane this message is. Obviously, I'm not worried about butts in the seat. <laughs> That's not my job. My job is to be true to the Word of God. My job is to be true to what God has said. My job is to tell people the truth. Amen. Because it's only the truth that will help you live the kind of life that you want to live. Thy word is true, O Lord. Thy word is true. Hallelujah. And Satan, he just, he just lies. And people just, they just go for this and they, they go for that. And they're wrecked. And then they look in the rearview mirror and they don't see it. They don't see it. 
You ought to get Christina's message from a week ago tonight. Fabulous. Great. She told the young people, some of you have young people up there. She told the young people, you cannot pick and choose out of that Bible what you want. She likened it to a recipe. And you bake some cupcakes or you bake a cake or you bake a pie and you leave an ingredient out, you're messed up. It's going in the trash. And she, she, it was a great message. And she talked about how that you got to be a doer of all of it to make it all work the way it's supposed to work. You read it, you follow it. Now, we make mistakes. There's not a person here that hasn't made a royal mess out of their life at one point or another. The beautiful thing is, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Hallelujah. So, as long as we have the breath of life in our lungs, we can... Get up, dust herself off, ask his forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9, and go again. And because he loves us, he's for us, and he'll strengthen us, and he will empower us to go on down the road and to do better. But it doesn't help anybody to lie. It doesn't help anybody to lie, to say that sin is okay or that's part of the Bible's not true, or I, I don't have to do anything to be blessed. These are all lies. I dealt with this a few Wednesdays ago. If somebody eats all they want, they're going to have a different result than somebody that counts their calories. If somebody never exercises, they're going to have a different result than somebody that exercises. If somebody drops out of school, they're going to have a different result than somebody that finishes 12 years and then gets a, a college degree. This, this is just common sense. If somebody doesn't save money, they're going to get a different result from someone who saves money. If someone doesn't invest money, they're going to get a different result from someone who invests money. This is just common sense. If, if a gardener doesn't sow any seeds, they're not going to get the same result as a gardener who sows seeds. If a farmer doesn't plant, he's not going to get the same result as a farmer who plants. This is just common sense. And in that little video we did showed you Sunday, if parents don't train their children, they're going to get a different result from parents who train their children. It's all about action. It's not just about what we believe, it's about what we do. But what these heretics are saying all over, and now because of the internet, they can just spout their lives, their, their lives worldwide. What they're saying is it doesn't matter how you live. This is nonsense. There's not one book of the Bible. There's not one place in 66 books where there's any indication whatsoever it doesn't matter how you live. But that's what they're saying. It's a lie. It's a lie. They love the story of the woman caught in adultery, but they never, they never read the last thing Jesus said. Daughter, where are your accusers? I don't know. Well, neither do I condemn you. They stop right there. You know what he said then? Go and sin no more. Right. He didn't say, open up a brothel and make a party out of it. Right. Do crack and you'll have a bigger crowd. Right. No, he said, 
Go and sin no more.